0: Okay, the morphology of the subjunctive mood, a new connecting vowel pattern. This is the characteristic sign, like virtually all Greek verbs. By the way, you could also call this the Swedish mood, the subjunctive, right? A little humor there. (laughs) I guess you don't have to laugh at my joke because I won't be grading your qualifiers. (laughs) The subjunctive mood is made up of a stem and a connecting veil and the endings. Now, the good news is there are no new stems. Some of you at least think that's good news. Even better, there are no new endings. What did they serve after chapel today? Was it like, okay? In fact, now note this, this is, this is helpful. Because the subjunctive is generally about uncertainty, futurity in different kinds of ways, the secondary endings are never used. Subjunctive verbs use only the primary endings. That's, that's, you can go to the bank on that one. Now yeah yeah. Now if it's a deponent verb OK, then it'll still be the same. You'll just use the primary middle passive endings, right? So subjunctive m- verbs use primary endings, either active or middle passive. Now, what is new is a quite distinct pattern of connecting vowels, or thematic vowels, as some grammars call them, and this is the key to spotting and parsing the subjunctive mood, the connecting vowel pattern. So, as, and I'll have to explain this. The basic pattern is a kind of a long Oz pattern. Now, you probably didn't teach you this, but when I teach Greek, and you learn the basic connecting vowel pattern for the indicative, it's O-E-E-O-E-O. So it's O-E-E, O-E-O, O-E-E-E. And you had to have grown up watching Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, right? Okay. Well, check it out. It's not omicron, epsilon, and epsilon, it's omega, eta, eta. It's the same pattern, just the long, the corresponding long vowel. Okay, so in the first person, you can see not omicron but omega, second singular, third singular, so O-E-E-O-E-O, except the long corresponding vowel. And that is, in a nutshell, that is the key to identifying a subjunctive mood verb. As you spot the long connecting vowel, you already know the stem because you know your vocab, right? I'm speaking now in a perfect sort of world, right? And, yeah, yeah, right, you might know, that's right, that's right, would that I knew, that's right, yeah, good, that's good, um, and, uh, but, the, but the, w- the way to, you know, morphologically, the identifying pattern for the subjunctive verb is precisely that long connecting vowel pattern, okay? And it's, in a sense, it's quite that simple. So, are you ready to see some verbs? Yeah, sure, Professor Gibbs, let's look at some verb. Okay next page on the handout. Now it is true that a few of the forms look like indicatives. That's because, for instance, take a look at this uh, first person singular form of LAPO or LIPO. That looks, it is exactly the same as the present indicative active and that's because of that dropping the elision of consonants and the contraction of vowels and stuff. But you don't actually have to worry about that because the context is gonna make it perfectly clear whether or not it's an indicative mood, present stem indicative, or present stem subjunctive. Again, we don't know how to translate these yet. We're just doing morphology, okay? But as, I can, as you can see, let see, I put the stems in blue and the thematic vowel, or the connecting vowel, in black and the ending's in red, or pretty much kind of like that. There may be a few glitches here. So uh, here we have the present subjunctive for lipo, lipo, active voice, middle passive. In the present stem, they're the same. And we also have the eris subjunctive for lipo, active, middle, and passive, which eris passive, as you know, comes from the sixth principal part stem. Now notice that I'm only giving you present subjunctive and eris subjunctive. That's because there is no future subjunctive, because the future indicative is already about futurity. And the perfect subjunctive is extremely rare, so rare that you don't have to worry about it. So really, with regard to the subjunctive mood, all you need to worry about are present subjunctives and aorist subjunctives. And there you'll tell the difference by the stem. Remember, you know, to parse verbs, you've learned to, at least at one point or another, zero in on the stem, right? and hopefully you can see that here. Let's take a look. Here's lapo. This is a present subjunctive active first singular. Here's lipo. This is an aorist subjunctive active first singular. The only difference is the stem. Lape is the present stem of the verb. Lip is the aorist stem. Notice there's no augment because this is not an aorist indicative. Only pastime indicatives have an augment. I want to say that again. You already know this because aorist participles don't have an augment, right? Aorist infinitives don't have an augment, right? See? Just Even if you can't remember, say yes. Go ahead, and say yes. 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 OK, good, yeah. that was great, thank you. Yeah. yeah, sure, you betcha. So aorist subjunctives have no augment because they're not pastime indicatives, see? The subjunctive, the differences between the two, then, would be just about the stem, whether it's simple focus on action or focus on connection. That's the difference. Yeah, Wendell? Um, is it accurate to say, then, that the subjunctive mood doesn't have any time associated with it? It's like an infinitive? Well, it, it's, that's pretty close, except that they, they do tend to be about stuff that's in the future. Okay, And you'll see that as we get into some of the context in which they're used. It's not about time at all. It's on the focus on action, as opposed to focus on connection. Now, take a look at the um, at the endings. See, you know these endings, right? There's the contracted o, o. Oh, now, that's pretty recognizable. By the way, it's clearer on your handout. There's an iota subscript in there. Everybody see that on the handout? Mm-hmm. See the the for some reason the the you know doesn't show up as clearly uh, on the uh, overhead here. Yeah, it could be word perfect. Yeah, it could be. It could be. That's right. I was going to say something about real okay. gate, But take a look at these forms. See, now look at, check this out. Lape. Now, if it were an indicative, it would be Omicron, right? Lape amen. Now, that form, you know, you see that it's like, danger, danger, danger. Subjunctive alert, Will Robinson. You know? I mean, it's many times these forms are completely recognizable if you just kind of keep your morphological wits about you and say a long connecting vowel it must be a subjunctive and then you get the paper bag out you know and then you say oh it's a present stem oh it's men I know it may the Saints be praised see you just put the pieces together stem connecting vowel ending right it's just like other verbs right so um, so here's the present subjunctive. And look, here's our friends, my, a. Now, that's an ambiguous form. That could be either uh, indicative or subjunctive. But again, the context will help you. But now, see here, lape a, tai. See, there's a, that would be an epsilon if it's indicative. It would be lape a, tai. But it's lape a, tai. Oh, subjunctive. I'm feeling so subjunctive today, dear, right? Now we have leipometha, leipastha, and leipontai. Okay, And check it out. I mean, it's exactly the same. The ending's connecting vowel is just a different stem in the eris. So lipo, lipes, lipe, lipomen, lipeta, liposin. Again, the, the characteristic morphological sign of subjunctive mood verbs is the long connecting vowel. And so then you spot the stem because, yes, you do know your vocab, right, and your principal part. And you know the endings are, remember that subjunctives only use primary endings, whether they're active or middle passive. Now, look over here at the aorist passive. This, too, follows all the rules. You might remember, uh, since you're getting hungry and the blood isn't being sucked out of your brain, that the sixth principal part of lepo is a that sound vaguely familiar? Say, yes, Professor Gibbs, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, so the stem is lathe. right, and you've got some, these act like contract verbs, that's why you have the circumflex, you don't want to know why, but note that there is a circumflex, and they act like contract verbs, As I said here, eris subjunctive passive forms act like epsilon contract forms. This kind of explains it here. If you want to really look at it, you can check it out down here, Um, which is why I give it to you. Um, If I were meaner, I would not have given it to you. That was a subjunctive thing. But see, again, same ending. See, it's it's looking very familiar. And again, eris passive forms use active endings, which we've learned before. Here it's, you don't have son here, though. Wendell, remember you were spotting the san on aorist passive indicative? But on the aorist subjunctive passive, it just looks pretty much like an active verb, except it's a different stem. So lip, 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 laft, ho-ho-ho, ho-ho, aorist passive stem. Okay. So, so the basic morphology of the subjunctive mood is, in a sense, I, I hesitate to say that's simple because even on a good day, I know you're hanging on for dear life. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but all right, now let's do a little morphology cleanup here. Um, this is just, uh, the I like Velta's nooglies, you know. So uh, what we've got here is some, of course, irregular verbs. What's, what else is new? We've got our friend Amen. Am I? Oh, I'm in the way here, aren't I? Oh, well, I'll stand back over here. Um, this is just to say to you, oh, you were wondering what the present subjunctive of amen is? I'm glad you asked. Here it is. It's in the book, okay, and it's on the handout. It's oase a, omen, now that you might be able to spot, see, maybe, eta, osin, well, no, you can't spot it, it's just irregular. Those are the uh, present subjunctive active forms of EMIA. Now, there are no aorist subjunctive forms of amen, because there's no aorist there's no third principle part of amen. It's just amen, esomai. That's it. That's it. But so, uh, so that's all the forms of our friendly friend, the linking verb, amen, I am. Those are all the subjunctive forms there are. You just have active voice. You no, can't have the passive voice of the linking verb, for crying out loud. So that's it. That's, I mean, that's it. That's all the subjunctive forms of amen that exist. And then we've had our uh, old verb friends, bino, which, as Dr. Vilt said, almost, well, yeah, it always occurs in compound forms, like anabino or katabino or epibino. Ganosco, by the way, routinely occurs also in compound forms, like epigonosco, things like that. Um, but here are the, the subjunctive, the aorist subjunctive forms of these verbs. And you remember, by the way, that on these irregular principal parts, Velt said they only occur in the active voice, okay? So you won't get any aorist middle forms with bino. You'll have to use another verb, okay? Like uh, peripateo or some other walk-around kind of verb, you know? Um, So these, I'm just kind of showing them to you. It's kind of fun to say, bo, bo. That's the aorist, subjunctive, active, first person singular of bino. Bo, base, bay, bomen, beta, bose. Those are the aorist, subjunctive, active forms of bino. And Gnosco is even more fun. Gno, gnos, gno. And the Iota subscript, again, is clearer on your handout, I think. And uh, it's there because of the historical development of the Greek language. Gnomen, gnota, gnosin. Okay? Please, Eric. Wait, are these words or are these endings right here? Those are the whole (laughs) forms. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. That's the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that's the whole deal. Right, right. What? bow, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. They're quite uh, short. Okay? So just so that you've seen them. Right? So Ame and Gnosko. But again, at least in some of the forms, you can see quite clearly the long connecting valve, right? Right? See? Especially in the plural forms. Here you've got all that contraction going on. By the way, notice the circumflexes on all these forms. And that has to do with um, no connecting vowel. So it's all three in Gano, Gano they're all three O. Okay. Yes. So Say again, a little louder, Mark. I was just processing, it's always been O, A, O, connecting vowels. Right. Except for Yeah, yeah Gnome is different, that's right. It uses an O sound throughout, right. That's right. Oh. Like the eris indicative that you just encountered yesterday, so you don't remember it yet is egg known eggno egg know. right yeah and that's just characteristic of that one verb right so that's morphology okay that's how you spell it right and again <laughs> the characteristic sign of a stem and the long connecting vowel and then the primary endings that you already know there are no new endings for the subjunctive